Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Maybe you ask yourself, you know, what does this all mean? I'm taking my time. Take your time. Don't be in a hurry. I'm not going to start reading just yet. Sometimes what happens is we come in this environment um, and we, we ask ourselves, what, what does Easter mean to me? I don't know about you, but I, I asked that question, like, what does today mean to me? Because Jesus has done something so tremendous. But what does resurrection life mean? I get it. I understand, you know, Jesus died. He rose from the dead. You know, this week has been Holy Week, and we started on Friday really understanding that he not only died for me, but today he rose from me. The only thing good about Friday was he paid the price for me that Sunday he could arise. And, you know, sometimes in life I think we, we don't know where do we kind of apply Easter to my life? Where do I apply resurrection power to my life? What does this mean? You know what I mean? Okay, so Jesus died for me. What does that mean in my daily? And what I really felt the Lord wanted me to share with you was what does resurrection mean to me? Because each and every person in this room is at a place in God. Some of you, this is brand new. Some of you, you've been doing this for a while. Some of you, you've been walking with God all your life. Resurrection's got to mean something to me. Everything has got to mean something to me. Otherwise, maybe I miss the experience of what's taken. Maybe somebody's getting ready to start over. Maybe somebody needs hope in here that they don't know how they're going to find hope, but he promised to give hope. So resurrection power might mean you make it today. I don't know. Somebody might have come in here today and said, this is it, man. If, if it doesn't change, I don't know what to do in this marriage. Well, it's okay because God can give you hope and he can give you help. So resurrection brings things back. And I want to tell you what resurrection really means, but I want you to look at this because as we look at the life of Jesus, you know, we start understanding that God has so much for us. And that sometimes, it's, you know, it's like I said, I think sometimes we think we got to be good to be accepted, but you don't have to be good to be accepted. You just got to be saved to be accepted. Because righteousness doesn't change like a wave of the sea. He made you righteous. The minute you come into the kingdom, you're a righteous individual. God doesn't change the way he sees you based on your performance because he made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So he doesn't change. See, human love is fickle, finicky, and selfish. It loves you today and doesn't like you tomorrow, and it loves you a week from now and thinks something different about you later. But God's love never changed. He doesn't look at your performance to whether he's going to accept you or not. He's already accepted you. He never stops loving you. So you can't see agape. See, I asked this question a long time ago. You can't explain agape. You know how we say God is love? It's really a bad terminology to an extent. God is not just love because we think of human love. God is agape. Agape love is the love of God. No man can figure it out, and you can't really understand it. You've got to experience it. Human love comes and goes. Agape stays forever. doesn't look at your performance to tell you whether you're going to love it loves unconditionally. See, the Bible says this, and you understand love. Love is kind. Love is patient. See, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. But God says that love is kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't boil over. It doesn't get envious. It doesn't become puffed up. It doesn't kind of walk away. It doesn't kind of love you today and not love you tomorrow. People who loved you one day and walked in your life and walked out of your life and said, tomorrow, I don't love you no more. How can you change so easily? 
I got people love me today, hate me tomorrow. Call me great today. They crowned him a king and they crucified him the next day. You can't tell the guy that had the parade for and put a robe on and then crucified, he don't understand love. He's the only one who understands love because nobody's been betrayed more than him. Nobody's been taken advantage of more than him. And nobody understands love you more than him. So we're in good hands because he understands what you're going through. The Bible says he feels your affection. He feels your pain. He feels your problem. You think people understand you? There ain't a person in the world that understands you. That's why when you ask people for help, they can only help so much. But God can help you in every time of need. That's why he's a good God. We sing a song, he's a good, good father. Amen? And we understand it about him. Amen? So today when you're in here, you know what you do? Say, hey, praise the Lord. Somebody might have left their car running or something. Is that <laughs> if you left your car running, you were in a hurry to come to Easter service. Amen? There's a car up there. That's a first now. I've seen some stuff. Now, I've had some stuff happen in the church. But if you left your car running, if you got a red equinox, you better go get it. It's still running. Amen? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. All right? That's a pretty, we've never had that. Well, whoever you are, God bless you. Thank you for the first time. Amen. Luke 24, verse 1. I looked up, I said, Equinox, that is not in my sermon. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm a little prepared. I'm not that prepared. <laughs> we kind of fly off the seat of the pants around here. Amen. So we got to act all cool because you were coming like, hey, there's going to be visitors. You know how like, you clean your house when somebody's coming over? We did a little of this this week. I ain't lying. We did a little extra. All right, a little extra, like, go clean your room. Your mama's coming, <laughs> grandma's coming, all right? Praise the Lord. Luke 24, verse 1, look at this. This is how Jesus did it. It says, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered. Can you imagine what was going on in their mind <laughs> when they got to the sepulcher? And the stone was gone, and Jesus was not in the tomb. I don't know about you, but, you know, talk sometimes is cheap. A lot of people talking, not a lot of backing up what they're talking about. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, but I think, you know, Jesus, Jesus might have been just a little bit sketchy. Is that all right? You coming with me? Where are you going? Jesus. <laughs> Gee, the Easter bunny's here. I, you go, I was like, Praise the Lord. little baby's walking by. You want to come with me? Come on. Right? So listen, and as they entered in, they found the stone gone, rolled away. I don't know about you, but a lot of people talking about a lot of stuff that they're going to do, but they don't do it. I think just a little bit in the back of the disciples' mind, come on, man. You're going to die and raise from the dead in three days. Jesus, come on, we've seen some miracles. We understand the things you've been saying. We know what you've been talking about. But come on, really? You're going you're gonna to resurrect from the dead? Like, we just watched you die on Friday. We've seen you stop breathing. It is finished. You gave up the ghost. It is over. But now you're going to tell me when we put you in that tomb, three days later you're going to raise from the dead? I don't know about you, but there would be doubts in the past. I doubt God now. Sometimes. You're going to turn some situations around. You're going to make some stuff. Come on, God, you're really going to show up for me. You're really, come on, don't we all a little bit in the back of our head have that little thing like, God, I know you can, but will you do it for me? Are you really serious? And you got to think them disciples were just a little bit like, I know what he's saying, but let's, let's just check this out. And the morning thereof, they go to see a stone rolled away, and he's gone. 
says Peter and John looked inside there and freaked out because he ain't in the tomb. He's gone. And what's the first thing they say? They didn't say, oh, he rose from the dead. They said, who took his body? They still doubt in the ability for him to do what he said he can do. And Jesus comes back, and then they entered, and they found what? They found not the body of the Lord. And look at verse 4. He's going to explain it to you. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Angels showed up. They couldn't see it or understand it, but watch verse 5. I love this. And he said, as they were afraid, they bowed down their faces, and they said unto them, why are you seeking the living among the dead? I don't know about you, but that statement rattles me. Because why are you looking for a living man among dead men tombs? And sometimes in life, we got to understand that there's life to every situation you're going through. And today I want to talk to you about what does resurrection power mean to me and you? Because that's great that Jesus 2,000 years ago died on the cross. We pay all the respect to that, and we understand the resurrection power. But I want to know what's he going to do in 2019 with resurrection power for me and my family? Why am I here today? What can I come away with? What does resurrection really mean? Because I know he died for me, but I don't understand this whole plan. And I need to know something just a little bit more about this. Because, you know, I'm not like a goody two-shoes Christian. I'm kind of like an all right Christian. I kind of slide on by. I kind of get greasy with grace and kind of slip on through sometimes. You know what I mean? I used to call it greasy grace back in the day. You know what I mean? I, I need a lot of grace. How about you? You know, I told them in the morning service, I said this. You ever go somewhere and they're doing construction and they got that sign? Please pardon our dust. We're under construction. You ever see that? I feel like getting a shirt or a plaque made and kind of carry that around with me. Because we were made of dust. We came from the dust of the ground. Please pardon my dust. God's still working on me. Please pardon my dust. God's still speaking to me. Please pardon my dust. I have not arrived yet. Look at your neighbor say, he's talking to you. Come on, it's getting better every minute, amen. Look at your other neighbor say, he's talking to you. We're a work in progress. Come on, somebody. Come on. You think you finished? We ain't finished. You, you yell, I yelled on the way to church, and so did you. You better put your clothes on. Your mama bought that shirt. You better go put the shirt on. Come on. Put your, go get your raggedy jeans. Go put your, where is those slides? We had, oh, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord. Go get your new shoes. Go get your jacket. You got to, you know what I'm saying? You got to go there. What you wearing with them shorts? Get out of here. That joker tried to wear shorts. I said, your mother can see you in them days. My God, we're all going to get crucified. Come on. Praise the Lord. Look at this thing. What's, what's this mean for me? What's resurrection power mean for me? Number one, here's what it means. The disappointments in life come when I look for hope in a place where I can find none. That's where disappointment comes. I look for hope in a place where I can find none. Just write them down. You got a pen. Take out your phone. It's cool. Just don't start playing Candy Crush in here. It's still the house of the Lord. Right? It happens when I try to put hope in a place where I can't find none, where I get disappointed because I try to find help in a place I can't get it. Does that make sense? I'm going to read it to you. I'm going to show you what I mean. The disappointments in life come when you look for hope in a place you can't find none. I'm trying to get hope, and I'm trying to get answers, and I'm trying to get this. But sometimes, where do I go to get hope? Where do I get help? The Bible says my help and my hope comes from the Lord. Amen. But look at this scripture I got for you because I think this is what happens. Unrelenting disappointment leaves you heartsick, but a sudden good break can turn life around. Do you see that? 
That's the Bible. Un disappointment. Seems like I go one way, I'm disappointed. I go this way, I hit disappointment. I go that way, I hit disappointment. Sometimes life seems like it's not fair. It's like one disappointment after the next. But how many of you know we just need a break? God can give you a break in life because he could find a way in life to help you overcome. But you got to know where to go. I got to go to him. See, not knowing where to go is one thing, but not going there, that's another thing. I got to go to the Lord. Because here's what you got to understand. Unrelenting disappointment leaves a heart sick. What's that mean? That means this, hope deferred for my King James people. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. You know what that means? It seems like I turn in a situation. How am I going to get hope in this marriage? How am I going to get help in my finances? I got a doctor report you don't even want to see, preacher. How am I going to find hope when pressure shows up? We understand pressure shows up for reasons, but guess what? The Bible says this, you get one good break, things will start turning around. Have you ever been like that? Sometimes you just get one good word or you get one good break or you get one just hope, ray of hope coming. But where do I go get hope? I get hope from him. See, sometimes we live in a hopeless world because the Bible said without God in this earth, we have no hope. That's Ephesians chapter 2. But when you got God, you got a place of hope. So I got to know where to go. Number one, I got to figure I got to go to him. Now, I don't, I don't know all those fancy words to come to God. How do I talk with God? Here's how you do it. Ready? Hey, God, I need help. I don't know no fancy prayers. Neither do I. Hey, God, he's a person. He's a person that's as close as, let me explain to you. He's as close to your heart as your word is to his ear. He's as close to your heart as your word is to his ear. He said, call upon me in your time of need. I'm here. For God so loved the world. He didn't judge the world. And don't listen to these preachers tell you all this. God's mad at you. I don't know where you've been. God's mad. God's this. God. God is the most misunderstood person on the face of the earth. People have been talking about God, don't even know God. Don't even know God giving you an opinion about God. God ain't never been mad at you. A day. Your ways are not his ways. He loves you. Here's God. You ready? Number one desire, he wants to be believed. Number one, regret, he don't like to be doubted. Simple. He wants to be believed. That's all he wants. Hebrews eleven six. what's it say? But without faith, it's impossible to please him because he that comes to him must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You know, he, he, he's a God that just wants to be believed. He's kind of like your wife. She just wants to be believed. And she wants you to listen. Yeah, that was funny. I don't know why they don't laugh. It's like Easter. Relax. Jeez, you think you give me a break today, huh? All my home ground people, man, you ain't, you ain't. Remember this. You got to come back next Sunday. You want to get out early? Forget it. All right. You better. How about now? Amen. That's better. Yeah. Y'all act like we got visitors around here. Like, oh, the visitors are here. Let's act right. <laughs> they know you're screwed up. Stop pretending. Let's go. Look. Cut it out, man. Not, just be you. They might come back next week. What are you going to do? Oh, no, I got to put it on again. They're here again. Hi. I'm Mr. Normal. You ain't normal. We're all crazy. We're just making it with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Amen. Look, check this out. Number two. Everybody say number two. Jesus redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, what's that mean? See, listen, Adam, now I can't get into plan of man because if I get in this thing, we'll be here a long time. But let me just tell you what happened. Here's how God planned it. Now, trust me, I'm not selling you on no package that ain't true. 
I got no reason to lie to you, and I'll bet in my life I'm right when I'm telling you. You know, my grandfather said something to me when I first got saved. My mom's going to laugh. You know, he's a good Italian guy, and he looked at me. He goes, man, he goes, kid, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know whether you got it figured out or not. And I said, <laughs> he really was. I think he thought I was losing it. And I said, Grandpa, I said, I promise you this. You lived 80. It was about, he's about almost 90. He lived 95 years old, right? 95, right? 95. I said, Grandpa, I said, I promise you this. I said, there's going to be a day you're going to walk from this earth to another place, and you're going to find out that I was the only one who knew what they were talking about. Because I'm so, I'm so sold on what I'm telling you. I'm betting my life on it. And you can't afford not to bet yours that I'm right. And I didn't want to be right. It wasn't about me being right, because I don't want to be right. I just want to know you got the truth. Because he don't need perfect people. He needs saved people, Jesus. And as long as you don't reject him, he'll accept you. But somebody's got to tell me the truth. So how did it all happen? Well, Adam gets this great thing. He's an earth ruler. God finds this guy, Adam. He makes him. He creates him. To Adam, go and be the man in the earth. Well, Adam got a problem. He don't pay attention to God. And he doesn't listen to God. And because he doesn't listen to God, sin comes in the earth. This is the plan of redemption real quick. So what happened? Now we're all in trouble because of Adam. Yep. We're all in trouble because of Adam because what Adam had on him, he was going to give to all of us. So it's like if I got enough to give to you, I can give it to you. Well, when he got his taken away, we all got ours taken away. His sin brought death in the earth. Man separated from God, and God's got to come up with a new plan. And he finds a man called Abraham to believe him to get Jesus to come into the earth. Why do we need Jesus? Because somebody's got to die for my sins because I can't. You want to know why? This is why, and don't ever forget this. I had a debt I couldn't pay. He paid a debt he never owed. See, Jesus paid a debt he never owed. Thank God. Because I had a debt I couldn't pay. I couldn't come up with it. Jesus said, don't worry, I'll take it. I was supposed to be on that cross. He goes, don't worry, I'll, I'll take it. See, we had a debt we couldn't pay. And he paid a debt he ever, never owed. For you. And if you leave here with that, that's enough. But that's the truth. So he goes and gets a new plan. So this Adam, Adam guy loses all this. Abraham guy believes God to get Jesus to come on earth. Because the Bible says this. Look at Galatians chapter 3. This is why we got the promise. See, the promise is about me getting the blessing. Does that make sense? He wants you blessed. What do you mean he wants me blessed? He wants me blessed all the time because that's why he sent Jesus. Christ redeemed me. From the curse, that self-defeating curse that Adam got in the earth now. Remember that guy, Adam? His sin brought death, hell, and pain in the earth. Somebody's got to get it off. Where do you think that went? Went on Jesus. Read this scripture. This is the message Bible. It reads a little better. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember what the scripture says? Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That's what he did on Friday. He took the curse on him so he could put the blessing on you. Well, what's the blessing? Peace with God, favor, everything he said you can have. Bless life. God wants me blessed? Yeah. Whoever told you God wants you going through hard? And it, no, that ain't God. God don't want you to go through hard. You're going to go through hard stuff. Life's never easy. You know, I said this all the time. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who's holding tomorrow. 
I don't know. It's going to be good. It's going to be bad. It's going to be happy. It's going to be sad. It's going to be up. It's going to be down. But guess what? I'm in control of one thing. How am I going to respond to it all? And he gave me the word to navigate that. He said, when you see it, have joy. When you see it, don't be afraid. When you see it, have peace. Because why? Because I want you to know, behold, all things become anew. And if you with me, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Because I'm with you, and greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. So I don't know what comes against you, but I already came against it. Because the Bible said he is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and he is the end. And I see you right in the middle of the situation and I gave you the way out because I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to carry you out on my back. That's why we got hope. I don't got hope because I know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. But I know he's in me doing. Come on, somebody. I don't know. Come on, we faced some stuff, but the stuff couldn't knock us down. We faced some stuff, but we overcame it by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We've been through some stuff. Man, if you ain't been through no stuff, I don't, I'm not hanging out with you. Remember when you're a kid and you got in a fight? Now, look, I'm too pretty for prison and I can't fight, so look, straight up. I'm not, like, going to knock nobody out anytime soon, but I remember being a kid and getting in a fight, and, you know, you had your buddies. And then you turn around like, oh, we're going to get in a fight? Great, let's get in a fight. It was you and five guys, and you turn around like, it's just you? <laughs> These are not good odds, and I don't know how to fight. I'm in trouble. That's why I hang around with all the tough guys now. I know you stay out of trouble. Nobody's going to fight you. But are you with me? Well, I've never been through nothing, Pastor. Then you better get away because you can't scrap. You can't survive. You understand exactly what I'm saying. You've been through some stuff. You got the badge. Been there, done that pin. Come on, somebody. You should have lost your mind, but you didn't. God got you out. Come on, somebody. You should have quit by now, but God got you through it. You should have been gone. Some of you should have been dead, but you ain't dead. You still living. Some of you should have quit a long time ago. Should have quit on that marriage. Should have quit on that business. Should have quit in this life. You got pain. But guess what? You overcame. Because when you didn't know what to do, you just hung on to Jesus no matter what. Because I might not know. Job said it best. Job said this. I don't know what's going on in my life, but I know God is still in my life. And I'm not going nowhere. I might not understand it, but I know God's good. You understand? I don't understand all this stuff. You, are you harmonically, har- yeah, I got a doctorate and all that stuff. It's just paperwork. Don't mean jack. Don't mean nothing. I don't know. I don't know how to put your life together, but I know the God that put it together can put it together. I don't know how you keep breathing after the hits of life, but you keep breathing. You got up, and you ain't going to stop getting up. I don't know why and how. I don't know who, what, where, when, or how. I don't care. I know this. He's still good. Amen. And as long as I can keep his praise in my mouth, I can keep my problems off my back. Come on. You got to get like that. So I praise the Lord. Looks like all hell's breaking loose. Tell the truth. Praise the Lord anyway. Praise the Lord. Why are you praising the Lord? You should have shut up by now. You should have quit by now. The Bible said if I can keep his praise in my mouth, I can keep him in my problems and he'll make them go away. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Why? Because God is good and his mercy endures forever. Hey, I might not understand it, but I understand him. Look right here. You got this? Curses everyone that hangs on a tree. That's what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse. 
And at the same time, he dissolved the curse. And now because of that, the air is cleared, and we can see that Abraham's blessing is present and, watch this, available for us. Two, because we non-Jews, we came in through Gentiles. We are all able to receive God's life, God's spirit. Now, I want you to see this. Look it up there. Read that. We are all able. Now, see, you didn't qualify you. He qualified you. You ever, you ever go somewhere and somebody bought your ticket? You ever go to, you ever go to an event and somebody bought your ticket? Don't worry about it. I got your ticket. You ever been somewhere? You ever go to a game? I've been to bank games, you know. We, we, we went to games. Remember when we went to games? I went to stuff with some of you people, man. We went to the Magic game, right? I seen Ryan Ryan. Hey, what's up? He said, hey, I got your ticket. I just showed up. Sat where he sat. Just chill. You been with me? We went, we, where we going? We going where you going? You got the ticket. Obviously, they paid for it. I went in there, they beeping me. Beep, 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 beep. Yeah, beep. I got a ticket. Did you pay for it? I don't know how much it cost. I just received it. Did you pay for it? No, somebody did. I just received it. Yeah, somebody pay for you to go. <laughs> Bible said he paid your ransom. See, you didn't get here because of what you did. Just act like you belong there. Well, praise be to God, I belong here. Thank you. How much was the ticket? I don't know and I don't care. I'm just happy to sit here. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know what I'm saying? It's like getting bumped up. You know what I'm saying? Like, are you belong here? Don't tell nobody. They won't know. Just pretend you're supposed to be there. Glory to God, yes. Come on, somebody. Take the ticket. He paid the price. You take the ticket. Was there a test to get the ticket? No, I just took the ticket. Why? Well, I don't deserve it. I got a lot of things I don't deserve. I'm taking it anyway. You see what he's saying? He's saying this. His spirit, his life. We are all able to receive God's life. We are all able to receive God's spirit. And with this, by us believing just the way Abraham did, he received it by faith. All you got to do is say, I accept it. Come on, lift your hands to heaven and say, I accept it. It's the blessing package, amen? This is what happens with the promise. Why did I say that? I said that to say this. Remember this. Jesus redeemed us. Why? I need the promises of God. Every one of those promises are for you. You just got to receive them. He gave them to you. He left them for you. you. What was the promise, preacher? Okay, here's the promise, okay? God loves you based not upon your performance. Does that make sense? This ain't human stuff. Oh, if you do good, I love you. If you don't do good, I don't know if I like you. Oh, I love you today. I hate you tomorrow. Oh, I'm for you today. I'm against you. That's not God. This is God's promise to you. What is it? I love you and I love you forever. This is God's promise to you. What's that? Um, I'll never stop loving you and I'll never stop accepting you. Oh, your performance things doesn't stop me from accepting you. Forgiving you, helping you, believing in you, because love always believes what's best. Here's a one, here's one too. Look at this. Here's a big one too. You don't have to wait for the end to get changed today. Look at this. John eleven twenty two. It's a great story in the Bible. We're going to look at it in the message Bible. Uh, you don't have to wait for the end. Is that okay? Even now I know whatsoever you ask. This is Mary and Martha and Lazarus is dead. They go call Jesus and Jesus is like, Jesus, if you would have came, you could have changed the situation around. He's dead. And I got news for you. Jesus let him stay dead. Jesus didn't come running. He waited even longer to make sure he was really dead. He was dead. Listen, this is the story, okay? He was dead, and he told the disciples, he said, look, 
he, he wasn't dead just yet. He was sick. And he said, he's sick, but he said, I can work it all out, but he's sick. And the next thing he said, no, nah, he's just dead. Disciples looked at him like, you crazy, man. Now he's sick. He went from sick to dead. And he said, yeah, he's dead, and it's good that you see him dead. Now he's really going off the edge. Now he's sick. Now he's dead. Now it's good that he's dead. He said, yeah, let's hang out here three more days. So he, you know he's really, really dead. Hebrew tradition says this, that after the spirit of a man has been gone for three days, it's totally gone. It doesn't even hover in the earth. So he waits for four days just to make sure it's an impossible situation. See, he knew what he was working with. See, he said, if I go to first day, they're going to think that spirit's still in the atmosphere. What Hebrew tradition says is this, that when a spirit of a person dies, it would hover in the earth for at least three days. But after four days, it was completely impossible. Jesus made the situation completely impossible. Then he just showed up in it. Now you know it's really dead. You know what I mean? That marriage is really dead. That report is really dead. Them finances are really dead. Your situation is really dead. And Jesus comes and says, he says, but I know, Mary said it like this, but I know that even now whatsoever you ask God, he'll give it thee. Watch verse 23. And Jesus said unto her, that brother will rise again. And she said, yeah, I know he'll rise, Martha said. I know that he'll rise again at the resurrection in the last day. And Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He said, listen, resurrection life's right here, right now. You ain't got to wait. It's waiting for you to respond. You don't got to wait for later to change. You could change right now. You don't got to wait for a new touch from heaven. It's waiting on you. You ain't waiting on God. God's waiting on you. God already did what he's going to do. You just got to come on in and say, God, I'm ready. Everybody say, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to, for you to change my situation and change my circumstances. That's one of the things we got to know. Resurrection power, write this down, number four. Resurrection power helps us get up again. Sometimes life will knock you down. You know what I mean? Look, look, failure ain't failure, failure is not fatal and failure is not final. You could turn failure around. If you don't fail at something, look, you ain't gonna learn nothing. You understand know what I'm saying? I know we don't like to say, well, I failed. It's not really you failed, you just found out ways that don't work. I found out a lot of ways in life don't work. You know what I'm saying? It's a learning experience. Don't make it, don't make it fatal, and don't make it final. Get back up. Look at this right here. One of the words that resurrection holds is this, okay? Resurrection power helps us get up again. Look at Proverbs 24. Look at this. It says here, it says, don't interfere with God or, God or good people's lives, and don't try to get the best of them no matter how many times you trip. Keep going. Them up. God-loyal people don't stay down long. Soon they're up and on their feet. Amen. God-loyal people, amen? What does that mean? He said, you can get back up. While the wicked, they end up flat on their face. Get back up, amen? Sometimes life will try to knock you out. Oh, somebody don't this, and somebody don't that, and somebody don't want this, and somebody don't want Ah, get back up. Look, life might come and knock you down, but you get back up. Why? Because God can get you back up on your feet, amen? Resurrection power lets you get back up. Resurrection power lets you stand back up. And life might have gave you a setback, but I got news for you. The minute you took a setback and you took a step back, God started working on your comeback. You understand that? That ain't no hype. God's on your side helping you get there, amen? Ain't Look, God has never looked at, listen to me. The Holy Spirit and Jesus and God have never been in heaven and go, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, look what you're doing down there. What are we going to do? Oh, my God, what's it? Come on, man. God's got it figured out. Just trust him. Just trust him. 
It's hard to trust. It's hard to trust God when you can't trace him. It's hard to trust him when you can't trace him. Where you at? Where are you, God? Don't worry about it. He's there. Sometimes, remember, I remember when the kids were really little. You know when they get brave in the store? And you're good parents, you know what I'm saying. But you remember when the kids get brave in the store? You know what I'm saying? And they want to, they think they're going to be adventurous, you know. And they're like, oh, I'm going to wander away. They're big now. You know what I'm saying? You remember that? You know what I'm saying? The boys get like they big now. Man, I used to let them, I used to let them go a little bit, but I had them. Don't you worry about that. I had them. I knew where they exactly they were. They like, they get brave, you know. They're going to get a little bit like we're going to go venture out on our own. I'm like, okay, go ahead. I, I got one eye. I got two eyes really on them. And they couldn't see where I was, but I'd be like, you know, yeah, Walmart or something. Like, yeah, keep going, kid. Yeah. Yeah, you're all right. Go ahead, Johnny. You're all brave. I'm looking down. I got you. You ain't going to get too far. They want to go in that ocean, right? They're brave. You ain't going to get too far. I got you. That's what God does with you in heaven. Go ahead. Go ahead, little Johnny. Go ahead. You got it figured out? I'm seeing you slip a little bit. Come on. See, he don't leave you. Just because it gets quiet doesn't mean he left. He's got his eye on you. He ain't never leaving you nor forsaking you. He's just letting you grow a little bit. Because you got you to gotta brave up every once in a while and take some battles. You got to take some battles. You look like you're on. See, David looked like he was alone when Goliath showed up. Did he look like he was, where are you at, Goliath? Here come Goliath. And there's no God was around. But David had a word. He said, I come against you in the name of the Lord. I'm not by myself. I look like I'm by myself, and I look like I'm overmatched, and I look like I'm insufficient for the job, but you don't know the God that I serve. And you come at me, you uncircumcised Philistine, but I come against you in the name of the Lord. And he took a rock and knocked him in the head. Amen? Listen, we didn't see the potential in that little David until the problem showed up. Your problem is just your promotion in disguise. And if God fights your battle for you alone, you'll never get the experience of victory. But I promise you this, he ain't too far behind. He might be right in back here. You just can't see him. You stand there and you press against the pressures of life because I got news for you. If he's for you, nobody could be against you. Nobody. And I don't know what you could see. I don't need to see with natural eyes. I can see with the eye of faith that if God's with me, you can't stand against me. Come on. And you might say, well, I'm not a good Christian. I don't care about good Christian business. He didn't say you got to be a good Christian. You'll grow. That's why you go to church to grow. This place is like a training camp. This ain't no church. I train champions. This is where champions gather. I'm ready to change the name of the church. They want to do it. I said, uh, we should just call it Champion Training Center. No chumps allowed. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pastor Chris, you sweating? No, that's just my body crying. <laughs> Training them, man. Why? Because you got a crazy devil out there. Trying to push against you, take your stuff. He ain't taking nothing from you. I'm not going to let him take nothing from you. You know, baby little liberal pansy preaching pablum mess. Don't get me going. It's Easter. I got to be nice. You can't say that. Stop me. 
I got security just to keep you out. <laughs> yeah, they can't stop me. I'm unstoppable. I'm going to tell them the truth. This world is crazy, man. Don't get me going on that stuff. Smile at me. Make me happy. All right, good. What's my next point? You know what it is? Is it number five? All right, let's go to five because if I get off the script, it's going to get bad. Because we got to act right. we got visitors. Five. Resur- <laughs> I'm just kidding, but you know what I'm saying. This world's whacked, man. Come on, man. we got to find a guide. We used to have a guide. You know, a man's handshake used to mean something. People's word used to mean something. We used to have, we used to have morals that we just threw out the window because we want to be politically correct. Now, I didn't come to be politically correct about nothing. I come to be God correct in the earth. You know what I'm saying? Right for right. Do the right, you know what I'm saying? And they don't, teach these, they don't want to teach these kids this stuff. We've got to teach these kids. We've got a generation of kids raising up. We need to tell these kids the truth. I'm telling you now, this is the only truth. I'm telling you right here now. You guys know I'm telling you, and I'm not being hard, but you understand what I'm saying. You can't absorb this earth. This earth is crazy. And they're trying to tell you all their stuff. Don't you believe it? Believe what the Bible said. The Bible's true. Number five. You ready for number five? Praise the Lord. I'm telling you right now. Resurrection power helps us stand strong against pressure. Write that down. How am I going to stand strong against pressure? Man, I got to have resurrection power. Listen to this James 1.3. We're going to read this, in, oh, my God, in the message. Look at this. Look at this. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Oh, ain't that great. Right? Consider it a sheer challenge when they come at you from all sides. Well, know this, that under pressure, your faith, life is forced into the open. <sighs> Did you get that? Your faith life gets forced in the open, and then when it gets openly forced into the open, it gets exposed to see whether you got any faith or not. <sighs> so don't try to get out of anything prematurely. My God, I hate that scripture. When I got pressure, I want to get out. How about you? I want to squirm my way out, pay my way out, pray my way out, fast my way out, beg my way out. I want out. You don't want, you ain't, y'all lying in church. Cut it out. It's Easter. You like pressure? How many of you like financial pressure? Raise your hand. Okay, good. No show. How many like physical body? No, you don't like no pressure. But he said, leave it alone. Don't try to get out of anything prematurely because guess what it's going to do? It's going to do its work and you're going to become what? Look at this last part. Ooh, you got to see this. Mature and well-developed. Not deficient in any way. Pressure is helping me grow. Write this down. Resurrection power helps me overcome the pressure. You got pressure in every area of your life. How am I going to make it? How am I going to get there? How am I going to do this? Resurrection power will help you do it. Amen? Look at this one right here. I'm going to give you the last one. You ready for this? Resurrection power is going to help me understand all of it. And resurrection power is going to help me about love. It's going to help me about love. And it will. And I want you to look at John 13. One. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put you in this thing. You go. I want you to see this. I got two things I want to talk to you about. I'm going to let you go today. John 13. One, I really, this really touched my heart. Um, when you come to John 13, I want to explain something to you here. Um, this, was the, this was the end of Jesus' ministry. It was the end of his life. John 13, he, he gets really, um, really kind of sentimental. Um, and he pulls his disciples together. This was the seating of the Last Supper. Everybody stay with me. I'm going to let you go. And 
as he gets ready, it was now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew that his hour was come. Kind of just highlight that in your head. He's getting ready to leave the earth. He knew that he should depart out of this world unto the Father. And having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And it's kind of like this. And it kind of touches my heart because I start thinking about the people that I were around when they were getting ready to leave. I've been, I've been, it's kind of like this. You know it's your last days on the earth and you call the people you love the most and you bring them in. And you tell them what's most important because you know you're never going to see them again. I remember me and PL jumping on a plane, flying places, seeing people that were dear to us. And I knew when I talked to him at this moment, this was it. This is the last time I was going to see him. This is the last time they're going to talk to me. And these are the last words I'm going to hear out of their mouth. I don't want to make anybody sad. I thought about it. I was telling him in the morning, I thought about going to see my uncle. I walked in, and I knew when I left the room, this is the last time I'm going to see him. He's getting ready to go home. Some of you got a story like this. I'm not trying to bring up something that's saying maybe it was a mom, a dad, a grandparent, somebody. They waited for you to tell you something. What I feel at this thing right here is I know what I'm going to do in my last moments. I'm going to call the people most dear to me and tell them what I think is most beneficial for them to know. And Jesus gets ready to leave his disciples. And this is where he leaves this table and he goes and washes the disciples' feet. This is where he does it. He takes the garment off of himself. He gets a bowl. He gets a basin. He washes their feet. And he tells them this. He says, if I'm going to leave you with one thing, let me leave you with this. I want to leave you knowing this. It's all about love. The greatest act of love was when he got down there and washed their feet. And he told them, he said, that reason why I came is because of love. And the reason I want you to be together is love. This is where he gives them the greatest commandment. He said, I want you to love them with the love I showed you. I don't want you to love them with the love you want to give them. I want you to love them with the love that I gave you. That's what Jesus asked. But if he submitted himself to it, I think we got to ask ourselves, shouldn't I? And that's what it was about. It was about love. He left them with the most beneficial thing he could do, and he gets ready to leave the earth. And as he gets ready to leave the earth, he goes through the crucifixion. This was the feast of the Passover. He went through all that, and he leaves. And he wants us to know this, that resurrection power has given us love that cannot be shaken. His love towards you, but you're his love for you to give away. I say this, you got to sow the love that you got. And I started looking. I looked at Matthew. I looked at Mark. I looked at Luke. I looked at John. And I seen the gospel accounts of when Jesus was getting ready to leave the earth. And I want to tell you something here. In John 21, 15, Jesus comes back. Every other account, Jesus just leaves. He talks to the disciples. He leaves. He sees Mary one time. He tell, he's seen them. He said, don't touch me. I'm leaving. I'm ascending to the Father. But in John's gospel account, John says this. He finds Jesus and Peter on a seashore. He's already revealed himself to Thomas. He's already revealed himself to the disciples. But in John's gospel account, he comes back to find Peter. Touch me, man. He could have just left, but John writes it different. He went and found Peter on a seashore. Jesus said unto Simon, do you love me? I don't want to leave you, Peter, the way I left you. Because it wasn't good last time I left. He denied him. 
said, I don't, I don't know this man. Jesus didn't come back for Jesus. He came back for Peter. Peter, you're never, you're never going to get there unless you know I never stop loving you. But I messed up. It's okay. Peter, you love me? You know I love you. I couldn't figure it out. I said, why, why did John write it different? Matthew, he goes, Peter, you don't see it. But John, see, he's been to Thomas. He's already been, walked through the wall, showed the disciples, Thomas, you doubt me. It's okay. Take your finger, put it in the nail prints in my hand. See, I'm telling you the truth. Take your hand, thrust it in my side. I'm all right with it. Y'all knew, all the disciples knew. Mary knew, they all knew. He walked through the wall. They said, it's me, I'm resurrected. And I'm leaving. But he didn't leave. He said, I got one more place to go. I got to go to a seashore before I get out of here. Peter seen him from afar. Said he was fishing. Dove in the water and swam to a seashore. He said, Peter, yeah, you love me? No, I do. Go do what I called you to do. He doesn't correct him. He doesn't rebuke him. He doesn't yell at him. He doesn't make him feel belittled. He asks him three simple questions. Do you love me? He doesn't talk about his resume. He didn't say, why did you doubt me? Why did you cuss me out? Why did you walk away? Why did you do what you did? See, and I started thinking about all those guys. See, every one of them left him. And you know the one that really got me messed up was John the Beloved. I couldn't figure him out for a decade because I said, Jesus says he was betrayed, he was betrayed, and he was left behind, and he was abandoned. And the gospel account says that John the Beloved went all the way to the high priest chamber. You remember the story? John the Beloved followed Jesus to the end. And I never could figure it out. How did he mess him up? He messed him up in his silence. What do you mean? Well, you could have said something, but you chose to say nothing. You could have stood up in the high priest chamber and said, I know that man, Jesus, is a good man. He's a just man. But you didn't say nothing. So you, you abandoned me just as much as everybody that had said something because when you could have said something, you said nothing. And that's just as much as saying nothing is saying something. Everybody left it behind. He asked him three questions. Do you love me? Do what I called you to do. Do you love me? Because remember this, the proof of love is found in your willingness to listen. That's all he wanted. A proof of love is found in your willingness to listen. That's all he wants. What are you asking me to do? I can't do it. I want to read something to you, and then we're going to let you do this. I just, I wrote this, some of this, and I put it together, and I want you just to pull this in. Nobody's more misunderstood than God, and the one before whom all the nations one day will bow their knee before understood this. You can be sure Jesus knows the future of these people that he's going to die on the cross for. He knew these people would spend their next day not following their master nor defending his cause, but running away from these people would dash for cover at the flash of a Roman sword. Only one pair of feet won't abandon him in the garden, and one disciple wouldn't desert him at Gethsemane, but his silence may be his greatest betrayal. So Judas won't even make it out of the garden, let alone in anywhere else, because he's pretty much going to quit. And everyone will abandon Jesus the very day he's ready 
to restore them. I looked in the Bible. I tried to find a translation that said, God only dies for good people. You can't find it. He only dies for faith. It's not, it's not in there. He died for everybody. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten. So everybody's qualified, so now it's just a matter of choice. Jesus gives his greatest gift to his followers, and here's what it is. He knows these men, and he knows what they're about to do. He knows they're about to perform the vilest acts of their lives. By morning, they'll bury their heads in shame, and they'll look at the cross, and they'll look at the tomb, and they'll realize it was true. And when they do, he wants them to remember this. He wants them to remember how his knees knelt before them and he washed their feet. He wants them to realize that they're still clean. And remarkably this, he forgave their sin before they ever committed their sin. And he offered mercy before they ever knew they needed it. As he hangs on a cross and he gazes upon their darkest acts of their lives, but rather than recoil in horror, he reaches out in kindness and says, I can clean you. I can restore you. I can help you. I can put your life back together. And from a bowl full of grace in the palms of his hand, he washed us clean. I think of that thief on the cross with Jesus. He said, will you remember me? He said, you'll be with me one day in paradise. But I like this part, cool. Will you remember me? Can you put me back together? Can you put my members back? See, I left my heart back there. Some of you, you left your mind in a season of life. You know what I'm talking about. I got pain from back there. I don't know if it can be restored. Put me back together, God. When he sat there and told that thief on the cross, I'll remember you in paradise. He wasn't just saying, one day you'll be with me in heaven. He said, I'm getting ready to put your life back together getting ready to put your life back together. Today, I want you to know resurrection power means this. He can put your life back together. He can restore what seems to be broken. He can put back what seems to be missing, and he can redo everything he said he could do. Amen? Close your eyes. Pastor Liz is going to come. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.